you're listening to WCNY's The Capitol Press Room and we're turning our attention to legislation designed to ensure that doctors in New York have access to the best information regarding diet and nutrition, which they could pass along to their patients and help inform the medical decisions they make. To discuss the issue, we're joined by Andrew Bonovi, Director of Government Affairs for the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, a national nonprofit trying to change the way doctors approach chronic diseases. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. It's, a, it's great to talk about this issue. Well, it's our pleasure to have you. So as it stands now, generally speaking, what shortcomings, if any, are there in the way that doctors approach diseases that can be brought on, at least in part, as a result of diet and nutrition? Yeah, I think there's two shortcomings, and they're, they're kind of related. And one is that physicians often don't think about the role that diet or changes to diet can be treating or preventing a lot of common illnesses and conditions. You know, for example, heart disease is the number one killer in New York. Diabetes in New York State is also on the rise. And often when we think about how to treat or how to prevent these conditions, physicians only think in terms of maybe here's a medication that you can try. Um, and in some worst case scenarios, here are some surgeries you can try. But often what is left out of that equation is how diet and lifestyle changes can also can also affect these. And I don't think this is a necessarily a, a fault of the doctors, because if you go back to medical school, nutrition is not being taught in medical school. 75% of medical schools aren't providing the recommended amount of coursework in nutrition. So as they start, as physicians start out in their careers, they're not given that nutrition training and that follows them throughout their career. So one of the things that the Physicians Committee has been, been looking at is how to get nutrition uh, more integrated into our healthcare system. Let's give physicians all the tools in the toolbox. Let's not just talk about drugs. Let's not just talk about, about surgeries. Let's talk about all of the treatments that, that are available. And for us, that includes, includes nutrition as well. Well, for doctors who maybe want to be proactive in terms of offering nutritional and dieting advice to avoid more serious alternatives like, as you said, surgery or, or prescription drugs. Does it seem like those doctors are armed currently with the best information, the most current information, or is it possible that they're following up on things they might have heard in medical school if they did discuss it in medical school, or just things that they might have picked up along the way from life or, or things that they do in their own personal uh, dieting and nutrition habits? You know, I, I think it comes down to just, it's just not something that's being taught. Uh, and some physicians are, you know, this is part of their regular practice as it is, but many just don't know enough to even start conversations with their patients. You know, the Physicians Committee, we conducted a poll of physicians in New York State to kind of talk about some of these issues. And one of the things that we found out is that 90% of physicians thought that nutritional guidance should be a routine part of their patients' visits, but 71% of them were dissatisfied with the amount of nutrition education they received during medical school. So where do you fill in the gap? And for our organization and many others, um, we provide continuing medical education or CME coursework to physicians where we, and we, we go around and we bring physicians in and we talk about some of the latest science, some of the latest research that's being done, looking at all of these things that we've been talking about 
about, about incidences in diet-related disease. Incidences in diet-related disease, when you're talking about people of color, is a lot higher as than their white counterparts. So we also need to talk about some of some of the socioeconomic factors as well. And the other thing we talk about is how diet and lifestyle changes can, can really impact their patients. So we are trying to fill this gap by providing continuing medical education. And we think there's like a, a, a bigger need for public policy to really follow suit and make sure physicians are, are getting all of the resources that they, they need uh, to ensure that they're keeping up to date with the latest in, in science when it comes to nutrition. Well, yeah, when we think about the latest in science when it comes to nutrition, what is it that doctors might be learning if this legislation mandating the State Department of Health maintain an online resource library about the opportunities for continuing medical education, training, and nutrition became law? What is there that's out there that maybe wasn't there 10, 20, or even longer ago? I think one of the things that, you know, if this legislation goes forward is that it'll help patients in a few ways. One of them in particular, you know, you talk about things that are are kind of new. And I think one of the things that is unfortunately newer, for lack of a better term, uh, something that is increasingly more and more of an issue is that people are getting all sorts of information about diet. They're getting it from food manufacturers. They're getting it from the media, from commercials and on social media and all sorts of things. So it's really hard for them to kind of like sift through. So what is what is the latest and what is is the best things that we need to be focusing on? So one of the things that this legislation will do, and, and I'm glad you brought it up in particular, it's S4401A and A5985A, what this will do is ensure that uh, the Department of Health is essentially curating uh, CME opportunities that look at clinically proven methods to prevent or treat diet-related diseases. So I think some of the things that, we're, that we, we keep coming up to, and I know for our organization as well, one of the things that we highlight is the benefits of a plant-based diet. And that there's so many things, so many, so many of these cases that we've been talking about uh, when we're talking about rising cases of heart disease, rising cases of diabetes and hypertension, all of these can be linked with eating meat, eating saturated fat that's found in meat and processed meat, and you know some of the benefits that can be had by reducing that in your diet or eliminating that from your diet and focusing on plant-based nutrition. So one of the things that this legislation will do to say like, well, let's let's take a look at what types of dietary interventions are really making a clinically proven difference, and that's something that I think all physicians would benefit knowing what is the latest science saying about what kind of diet changes can really benefit my patients? Well, let me reintroduce you here for listeners just joining us. Uh, this is the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with Andrew Bonovi, Director of Government Affairs for the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, a national nonprofit trying to change the way doctors approach chronic conditions. So would the Department of Health under this legislation be required for monitoring or providing some sort of actual curriculum when it comes to nutrition, or would they just be responsible for making doctors aware that such a curriculum existed? The latter. So the Department of Health wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be creating the curricula. They wouldn't be putting on the CME itself. There are many providers of CME here in New York State. One thing that the Department of Health will be doing is ensuring that physicians are aware of the opportunities that are out there. It doesn't mandate the physicians take it. It doesn't mandate the Department of Health 
put on these courses, but it's more of an information sharing, making sure physicians are aware of the opportunities they have to be better prepared to talk to their patients about the benefits of diet and nutrition. Does this type of mandated awareness exist for other health concerns, especially other things that might be areas of new and evolving medical science? You know, one of the things that we have seen in New York State in particular is a few years ago, the legislature passed a law ensuring that all physicians are taking uh, training regards to opiates. That is something was a, a huge epidemic. And I know that term is used a lot lately. And, and I know that's, that is something of particular concern for all people in New York, including healthcare providers. So the Department of Health and the legislature said, hey, this is a very important problem that we need to make, sh- making sure we're addressing. And, you know, I think the case can be made that taking a look at diet, when we're talking about cardiovascular disease, when we're talking about diabetes, and we're talking about those conditions and others that had worse COVID outcomes over the past couple of years, this is something that is of concern. So there is precedent for the legislature and the Department of Health saying this is a problem that sh- that all physicians should be aware of. And I think one could make the case that this is something that all physicians or most physicians uh, who are seeing patients day to day could definitely benefit from. Well, in addition to ensuring that doctors are thinking about nutrition, is there an expectation that by making them aware of these continuing education opportunities regarding the latest and greatest in nutrition science, that doctors will be better equipped to approach these issues and maybe address some biases or misconceptions that doctors might have? Because I know there are some concerns about some of the tools that are used by doctors like Body Mass Index. And in general, there's this uh, you know growing campaign that uh, doctors shouldn't be overly concerned with, say, the sizes of their patients and be looking at other metrics. So is there an, an assumption that this will potentially change the way doctors, when they are thinking about nutrition, uh, are approaching these issues? I think so. I think so. I, and I don't want to say that that there is a problem right now that necessarily needs to be addressed. But, you know, when we, our organization has been up in Albany talking to folks about this, about this bill for quite a while, and we hear a lot of personal stories. Um, Some folks, um, you know, related to us, kind of similar of what you're saying, like they don't want to feel body shamed when they go to their doctor. And I think by preparing physicians to have better conversations about the the role of diet and the role of nutrition, I think is is helpful, you know, all around for all of these things. We don't just want to be focusing on obesity. We want to be focusing on all of the ways that diet can be affecting your entire body and your entire body's health. So yeah, I do think you're right. I think by by offering these opportunities, we're we're able to make making sure that we're having informed conversations and making sure we're having better conversations that work better for the patient and work better for the for the doctor as well. Well, finally, if you are able to get this bill through the legislature and there is that increased awareness about the educational opportunities to learn about nutrition, is there any way to actually monitor the experience that patients are having in consultations with their doctors? Are there certain outcomes that you can gauge or track to ensure that doctors are utilizing the information that they're gaining from these classes? 
you know, one of the things that the legislation does that we want to make sure is that physicians are, are, are aware of these opportunities and how do we track, you know, the success of CME in the long run? I think we track that with, you know, a decrease in the amount of folks coming down with diabetes. I think we track that in lower cases of COVID-19 issues because of comorbidities. I think we track it in lower cases of cardiovascular disease and whether or not that there's a correlation versus a causation, you know, that's that's kind of remains to be seen. But I think one of the things that we can we can do is I would love to do a poll in a couple more years and when we're talking to physicians, we have more of them um, better aware of these. I hope we were talking to physicians saying yes, because of all this and more, you know, I'm now more more informed to talk to my patients about these issues. So I think there's a lot of ways we we can we can track this over time. I think the benefits for New Yorkers and the benefits for for everyone are are across the board. Well, we've been speaking with Andrew Bonovi. He is the Director of Government Affairs for the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Andrew, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capital Press Room is provided by the Boom Moose Club in Albany, a co-working space for people with business at the Capitol or those just needing a home base for the day. More information on facilities and other services available at bullmooseclub.com.